I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Accepted, the, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo this week, and I have not been Theo for the last month, even though we haven't really been putting out any new podcast episodes. No, it's been so long. I'm forgetting that I'm not Juliet. This <laughs> voice belongs to Theo. Your voice belongs to Juliet. That's right. And so now that we've been gone for so long, fill us in. What's shaking bacon? So much. Like, it's been a month, right? Right. And so... Huh? And I will now let you know everything that happened to my sister-in-law, Linda, because that is what is shaking bacon. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. So we went to Scotland for Christmas. Yay. And it was great. It was wonderful. I haven't been since COVID. It was fantastic to have a chance to see everybody again in person in real life. So so that was great. And then who doesn't love Christmas except for some people? And so that was cool. And and Linda was telling me a story that had happened in October. So she went to the nail salon to get her nails done. Mm-hmm. And the woman who does her nails is from Poland. Mm-hmm. And her English is good, but not great, right? But it has gotten better as as she's been living in Scotland. Hard to believe because I don't know if you've heard Scottish people speak English, <laughs> but like it's a language. And anyway, so Linda's getting her nails done and the the... The lady's phone rings and Linda says, oh, well, go ahead and answer it. It's fine. So the lady answers it and it's somebody from Poland Mm -hmm. and the lady's son had died. Yes, had died unexpectedly. And so, of course, Linda was like, oh, my gosh, don't worry about my nails here. (laughs) And then Linda sat down and took control of the front desk, called all of the woman's clients to cancel their appointments, right? Walk-ins are coming in and Linda is turning them away, completely managed the situations at the lady home so that she could deal with the tragedy. Of course, I'm not laughing at at the poor woman, right? But I'm laughing at what a take charge person she is, right? She was running that fucking salon by the end of the day. Called the manager to tell her like what had happened. The manager came in. Great. (laughs) Just three nails on her hand. See that are missing. Manages all that. Great. So anyway, I like to be helpful and I'm in the house and I'm there doing nothing because there's not my house. And I'm like, oh, let me help. Right. So let me fix things. I'll replace a light. I'll whatever other things I did. And I figured I would like help with the dryer. So in the UK, dryers aren't quite as common. And so Linda has one. But it's kind of a, I'll say, it's an ingenious dryer. What it does is it heats up the clothes and it, as all dryers do, Theo, that's how dryers work. (laughs) They heat up the clothes. But the steam from the clothes gets caught in this humidity catcher, right? Mm -hmm. And so the dryer actually doesn't vent outside. Mm -hmm. You just plug it in, 
You plug it in anywhere you want. Plug it in your right. bedroom. Plug it in in, a, in a, any room with an outlet. That's what okay. you could do. And anyway, there was a little crack in the water catcher and the water was leaking out on the floor and uh, had been for a while. And I was like, oh, you just get a new water catcher. It's no big deal. Amazon. Uh-huh. So we did that. And, and then I was like, oh, gosh, I noticed this vent needs to be cleaned out. And because it doesn't vent to the outside, all the lint sort of builds up. And so whatever, I took out the vacuum and I vacuumed it out. I said to Linda, hey, let me show you how to vacuum your dryer. And she said, Theo, I cleaned this house from top to bottom for two weeks knowing that you were coming and you're going to show me how to vacuum my fucking dryer. (laughs) Nobody needs to do that. Fuck you. Right. That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah. So I stopped helping after that. (laughs) Hung a TV on the wall. The TV fell down twice. Fortunately, it was over a bed. Yeah. And so it didn't hurt anybody and it, was caught by the mattress. But yeah, so I left that part out too. So let's see. Christmas in Scotland, that was great. What else is shaking bacon? I went to the Philippines for work and that was fantastic. Jet lag is a thing. Didn't love coming back. That was hard. I'm four days yeah. back and I feel normal. And I did all this heroically with a head cold. So you're welcome world for all the things I've been doing while I have been gravely, bravely Working Same my way through a head again. cold. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, the head cold I have, I prevented somebody from catching. Aww, right, I fun. know. The hero, hero, oh hero, God. hero. Did what you about mask you? up on the plane? Because I did. Did I do what on the plane? Mask up on the plane. Because I, no. I was I was totally freaked out about COVID. So, But of course, your flight was a lot longer than mine were. So that might have been more difficult. 14 hours on a, on a plane and I have discovered I don't like it. Uh, no, yeah, thank you. That, shit. <laughs> that that was bad. That was really bad. Um, Sucks. Uh, the reward was getting off at the Singapore airport, which is the number one airport in the world, according yeah. to whoever votes for these things. And yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Like, whatever you do, you were mentioning that you might be going to Copenhagen in the future. Yes. Route through Singapore. No. Route through Singapore and overnight. But I do want to go to Singapore. It's like a 27-hour flight from here or something ridiculous like that. But they have an aquarium, right? And a sunflower garden. And what else did they have when you were there? A butterfly garden and all the restaurants. And like, and it's it's shopping. And I know all, like, oh, come on, Theo, you've been to an airport. They all have shopping. No. (laughs) No, they do not. The main concourse of where I was at, I don't know how the Singapore airport's laid out, but apparently there's like this place that's called The Jewel, which is a actual shopping mall. And like, oh, whatever, I didn't even see that. So I was just in the stupid airport, right? For those people who know about the Singapore airport, I'm just walking down the corridors and I'm fucking impressed. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, my God. They have a Ralph Lauren. Oh, my God. There's a <laughs> perfume shop. Absolutely fucking insane and what was most insane about it was people were not running there were i didn't see anybody that looked stressed out with too many bags everything felt very manageable and under control and and it was just heavenly so singapore airport butterfly gardens and all i want to go to singapore just to see the airport now i've decided singapore is my favorite city based on the airport i've never been to singapore (laughs) <laughs> uh, do I need to go since I've been to the airport? That's how I feel about Tokyo. Fuck you, Tokyo, and your stupid <laughs> airport. 
<laughs> I like their airport. No flying robots. No, terribly <laughs> well, disappointed. No flying robots. That's true. So okay. you've been busy this last month. It's been it's been a lot, and and I will say that nobody cares <laughs> other than me. What's chicken bacon on your on your plate? Well, I went to Quebec, which was fun. It was snowy, and I got caught in a snowstorm when I was there. So I was supposed to leave on like Wednesday, but it was snowing, and so I changed my flight for two days later, knowing that there was going to be a snowstorm, and I didn't want to sit in the airport while they changed my, you know, they canceled my flight and rebooked my flight and canceled my flight and rebooked my flight, which is good because they ended up canceling my flight. So I was happily sitting in my hotel room, chilling out with room service while the other people on my flight were sitting in the airport. But and then I did end up going home on Friday. The the snowstorm cleared up and they did their thing at the airport with the icing of the wing, de-icing of the wings and all the things they do in the snow because they're pros at snow. And I got to go home on time. So that was cool. But when I was in Quebec, I had French drinking chocolate, which was exactly Ooh. as delicious and rich as you can imagine and way too much to drink. So you only need like one sip of French drinking chocolate and then you're good. But I'm really glad I had it. And I had some amazing almond croissants at this one bakery. That was really fun. And I had poutine, which is weird because the cheese was squeaky, which was creepy. I don't think it always is because I, I did have poutine another time and the cheese was not squeaky. But the place that I went the first time was supposedly the place that invented poutine. And they're the ones with the squeaky cheese. And, and I don't want to eat squeaky things. That's just kind of weird. And I also rode a funicular at a 45 degree angle, which went up the hill from the hotel to the old city below, which was terrifying. And I was sure that the, the cord was going to snap at any minute and drop me down the hill, but it didn't. So Quebec was eventful and fun. And it's a beautiful city. And, and if you haven't been, everybody, you should go. And I also got a job, which is good because I needed a job. So hooray for uh, employment. Working. And yeah, earning money, that's a good thing. So I've been working for one week now, and so far it hasn't killed me. Although I am part-time right now, so that's probably why. We'll see what happens when I go to 40 hours a week in February. And also the other news of note is that I think we have mice. Well, we do have mice. Uh, I have to admit it. We do have mice. And I have to, to admit it. I have to admit it. I just have to come out and say it. And I have been deep cleaning my closets and my room and all these areas I'm going through bit by bit, trying to make sure that I clean out any mice, signs of mice and anything that they would eat or anything that they would, you know, get into. Like, they really liked this one blanket I had. They were all over it in the closet. So I had to get rid of that blanket and I have to put everything in bags or boxes or bins to make sure that the mice can't get to it, which is kind of a pain in the ass. But at the end of it, the house will be cleaner and everything will be neater and hopefully we won't have any mice. So we've already caught a couple mice in traps. I'll put out traps. But it's because this is a 108-year-old house, and I'm sure there are thousands of holes for them to get into the house. I probably end up calling an exterminator to come out and plug up any holes that they can find, but I'm sure they can't find all of them just because the house is so old. But, you know, better is good. Have you, have you thought about the possibility that these are ghost mice? <laughs> they seem very real to me. <laughs> but I suppose that's, that is a possibility. And I mean, I if your house is traps. 108 years old, yeah. there's going to be a ghost somewhere. There's got to be. And why not mice? I mean, it can't be the first time there have been mice in this place. So that's that's good advice. I'll, I'll take that into account. Yeah, I so you need an exterminator and an exorcist. <laughs> My house is also 100 years old. And if I saw a mouse, I would be calling exterminators, exorcists. What else starts with an E that would chase things away? All the things. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, they're so cute, but they're so annoying. 
but they're still so cute. They're really cute, but also, and and I don't say this with any amount of prejudice, they're riddled with disease. I know. They totally are. I know I've got to wear PPE cleaning up after them, basically. So I don't want to get hantavirus. I don't think we have hantavirus here, but we have whatever else, the plague or whatever they carry. I don't know, everything. So, And I'll never be able to smell pine saw again in my life without thinking of mice, because that's one thing I'm using up to disinfect, to pine saw and bleach and, uh, you know, the hardcore stuff that you're not supposed to mix, probably mixing. Oh, wow. Yes, that is... <laughs> That is Please a thing. Yeah. No yeah. Here's my commercial for Fabulosa. Have I you have used Fabulosa. it or familiar with it? Yeah. Brett hates it, but we, we've been using it for years. It, yeah, it is. It will kill everything. Yeah. Everything. Okay. That's good to know. I'm glad we've been using something effective for all these years. So, so yeah, that's my news. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Dr. Sharita Hill-Golden. And she has more medical credentials than you could shake a stick at. She's professor of medicine at Johns Hopkins University in Maryland. She has an MD, is that Maryland? Yeah, has an MD and an MHS in clinical epidemiology. And she has written or is the author of more than 200 articles focused on diabetes, endocrinology, and health disparities, including one article entitled The Contribution of Structural Racism to Metabolic Health Disparities in the USA, which sounds interesting if anyone is up to reading it. She's held multiple appointments at Johns Hopkins University, including inaugural executive vice chair of the Department of Medicine at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, and her current role is vice president and chief diversity officer. Well, in today's environment, you can't be a diversity officer without some dusty white man complaining about you, and that's what has happened to Dr. Golden. Every month, the Johns Hopkins Medicine Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Health Equity distributes a monthly diversity digest from Johns Hopkins Medicine's Chief Diversity Officer, Dr. Sharita Golden, to all Johns Hopkins Medicine employees. And in a recent, I thought you were drinking champagne. <laughs> the other I am. A bottle of San Pellegrino to his lips. I love it when diversity it officers get shit. And so, cheers. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, in a recent edition of that monthly diversity digest, Dr. Golden defined privilege as a set of unearned benefits given to people who are in a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantages and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of members of other groups. In the United States, privilege is granted to people who have membership in one or more of these social identity groups, white people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgender people, males, Christians, middle or owning class people, middle-aged people, and English-speaking people. Privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it. People in dominant groups often believe they have earned the privileges they enjoy or that everyone could have access to these privileges if they only work to earn them. In fact, privileges are unearned and are granted to people in the dominant groups, whether they want those privileges or not, and regardless of their stated intent. So, as a result, firestorm among the right, Elon Musk jumped on this, shouting on Twitter, this must end. 
And our friend Donald Trump, not our friend, also complained, snowflake that he is, calling it rot and racism in higher education. Right-wing publications were terribly upset. Some called it a woke hit list. In fact, I didn't find any articles about this by any of the more mainstream media on this topic. I just found articles like Fox News and the New York Post. So that was interesting. Nobody even is talking about it except for the right-wing people. And the Christian Post called this newsletter piece, Shaming Christians. This is ridiculous. Well, let me leave my editorializing to later. So, Dr. Golden. Oh, go ahead and editorialize now. Sorry to jump in there, but I'm sorry. It's fucking bullshit. I'm going to call it now, right? I mean, she identifies as a Christian. Yeah. Anyway, I just, it makes me so mad. No, it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. And what's even more infuriating is that she apologized in a message to the the Johns Hopkins medicine community. And I will read that apology in a little bit. But uh, she also appears to have left Twitter. I don't know if she left the rest of social media or not. And after she apologized, the dean of the medical faculty, Theodore L. DeWeese, who is an older English-speaking, owning class white male, wrote that Golden's definition of privilege, quote, runs counter to the values of our institution and our mission and commitment to serve everyone equally. Now, that really makes me mad. I mean, he threw her under the bus after she apologized. He clearly is being obtuse about the definition of privilege, which there's nothing wrong with the definition of privilege that she gave. It is absolutely accurate. Uh, I don't think you could come up with a better definition of privilege. And no. the people that she listed, there's no problem with the people that she listed. Although I was surprised to see middle-aged people on that list because I don't know that middle-aged people were that, that privileged. But sure, if she says so, she knows better than me. And, well, they're more yeah. privileged than elderly people, I, I well, would guess, true. like health and able-bodied and, you know, not worried about dying right yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, agree. I mean, it's the, the definition of privilege. Sorry, everybody, that you don't like yes. it, but fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why you're upset. And even why are you upset? I mean, wh- why are you upset that you have privilege? Why is that so upsetting to you, the idea that you might have something that other people don't have? Right. I don't understand. I mean, it's unfair, and everyone should be upset that it's unfair, but I don't think that's why these people are upset. And as long as I'm benefiting, it's fine. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, all the boxes. It's, have all the feelings you want about somebody pointing out that you have privilege, right? Yeah. But if you have issues with your own privilege— then do something about it and right. exercise that privilege in a way that benefits others. You don't have to give everything you own to somebody who doesn't have right. anything, but, you know, go volunteer somewhere, go donate some money somewhere, hug a homeless person or an unhoused person, hug the homeless. right? I mean, but they don't even want to admit that they have privilege, which I don't understand. What What is wrong with admitting that you have? Why so, is it so hard to admit that you have privilege? So I really had to deconstruct this whole story in my head to understand, mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Because when you sent me the thing, here I go speaking a shorthand and the audience is like, <laughs> what thing? She sent you a carrier pigeon? Like, what What thing? He sent me a text and you were like, how about this story? And I saw the headline as written by, was it the Daily Mail? The Daily Mail, right? right. So speaking of right wing, I mean, the, for for true, a piece of shit. Publication. Publication. That's the word I'm looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And so John Hopkins Dean apologizes to staff after DEI officer sent woke hit list email telling them that anyone white male or Christian is privileged, but she gets to keep her job. All right, that's one way to spin the story. First of all, the right. woman is a medical doctor. She's right. not some DEI officer, although that she is employed. She's also vice president at John Hopkins, right? 
I mean, at, to what to your point earlier, she's highly credentialed. She's yeah, not just some HR director. No offense to HR directors, by the way. <laughs> I have a friend who's an HR director, <laughs> but you know, my HR director friend is not a medical doctor. And then, you know, and obviously they're coming at this from a right a right wing perspective. But the headline, I was like, "Oh fuck! Wow! Well, I wonder what happened. That sounds terrible. Let me go ahead and read." And then I read the story, and I was like, "Why did she apologize?" Yeah, exactly. I mean, Exactly. Maybe doubling down might feel uncomfortable for her personally, but it wouldn't for me. Right. I mean, like, right. fuck you, bitches. Yeah, they go grab a dictionary. And the yeah. list is too short. If you're educated, yeah. if you have a college degree, you're privileged, yeah. right? I mean, maybe Absolutely. you're buried under mountains of debt, but okay, still you are privileged. I could go on and on and on. And so reading it, I had the exact same reaction that you're having or sharing, which is, I don't see anything wrong here. Mm-hmm. She should not have apologized. Mm-mm. What is the issue? And looking at it in her original post, and let me get to that after this pop-up on my screen disappears. Thank you, Daily Mail, you piece of shit. Privilege is characteristically invisible to people who have it. People in dominant groups often believe they have earned the privileges they enjoy or that everyone can have access to these privileges if only they worked to earn them. In fact, privileges are unearned and are granted to people in the dominant groups, whether they want those privileges or not, and regardless of their stated intent. And so why people are so freaked out is they're being told you've you have something that you don't deserve. I see. That's why they're mad, right? And they're like, fuck you. I went to medical school for 16 years. I studied real hard. I'm an A. Sure. Yeah, you did. But also maybe it was easier for you because you're white. Right. Or right. a man. Absolutely. You know, talk to a white yeah. woman and ask her how easy it was for her in medical school to get into medical right. school. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Absolutely. This is nuts. And I, I will, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But so the employees and students or some employees and students at Johns Hopkins Medicine sent a letter to the president and that, that dusty white male dean saying that they're disappointed over the response of the institution and throwing her under the bus after she apologized. And they said, it is important for our institution to respond to assaults on our commitment to DEI with courage and conviction, which they definitely didn't do. In the face of bad faith attacks, Johns Hopkins Medicine and Johns Hopkins University must state clearly, loudly, and proudly that we value diversity, equity, and inclusion. So good for the students and employees who are standing up for her. I hope she does not lose her job. It would really be embarrassing for Johns Hopkins if she did lose her job. I mean, she's only doing what her job says she should do. So I don't know how you have diversity, inclusion, and equity without admitting that privilege exists. And for the dean of the medical faculty for writing that that note that he wrote is really even more embarrassing than the fact that she had to apologize. So, and on top of all that, I think we should all know that Johns Hopkins was a slave owner. Oh well, yeah, and and a Quaker. Yeah, and so yeah. that goes against the Quaker religion. They were actually yeah. abolitionists, and yeah. so. You know, not only was he a slave owner, but he was a hypocrite to yeah. his to his professed religion. His religion. I do need to point out because I think it's just super fun that mm-hmm. the Daily Mail called Theodore Deweese yeah. the dead of the medical faculty. Uh, I saw that. And yeah, <laughs> they called him the dead of the medical faculty twice, two times in the oh same my God, article. Really? So oh, at least yeah, it's 
it's awesome <laughs> that he, I, when I first saw it, I was like, I know they mean Dean, but maybe? Is there like, could you be the dead of something? Because I want that title. I'm the dead of the, you know, manager department or whatever. Um, so, nice. yeah, yeah. Thanks, Daily Mail. Thanks for the laugh. And and thank you also, Daily Mail, for proving that the right wing in the United States of America and in Europe it has an agenda, a very clear agenda, and it is to sow dissent and make the make the white people who are so nervous even more nervous so they'll vote the right way. And by yeah. right way, I mean that as a pun. It's just embarrassing that the the right wing can, I mean, who are clearly fascist, can influence Johns Hopkins University to put out an apology for something that is just honest and true, and not you know there's there's no ulterior motive. Nobody's trying to make black black people. Nobody's trying to make white people no. feel uncomfortable. Nobody's trying to make any make anybody do anything. It's just an informative newsletter about what privilege is, right? And they and- can't even stand it. And it didn't say anything in in the email that went out. It didn't say anything that was like, oh, and because you are privileged and you're on this list, you suck. Right. right? You suck it, and you have to give money to black people or you suck and you have to give, you know, spend time in a kitchen. Lose your job. Working. Right. Yeah, lose your it, job. It's just it. the worst it did was anybody with butthurt feelings could say, you're saying I didn't deserve all the things I worked so hard for. And, you know, I'm not saying you didn't work hard. I'm just saying maybe some things did come to you a little easier than yeah. they have to other people. And that's life. I know it sucks sometimes. Have some compassion. Yeah. People who are less privileged. What's so hard to- about it? It seems to me that things used to be different and you used to have more respect for people who were less privileged, as we used to call them. But that does not seem to be the case anymore. Maybe that's just me getting older and seeing things through rose-colored glasses. But. I I think, and I'll just make a broad sweeping statement that will be grossly general. Mm-hmm. And why not, right? Because it'll just make it, it it help frame things and keep things simple simple. And that's what I need because I'm still a little sick and I'm still a little jet lagged and I need sympathy, America and the world. And so I think it's that now in the 21st century, minority groups are speaking up and have access to social media. And so we're hearing from people who are disenfranchised, who are shit upon, right? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing their lives Whereas before it came through a filter and we weren't we weren't exposed as directly to what word do I want to use? I don't know, underprivileged people and and their struggles. And so they were so it was framed in a very sympathetic way. Oh, those poor people who haven't been able to go to college or don't speak English or oh who clean my house and and are in the country undocumented, etc. Easier, I think, perhaps to have sympathy for them 20 years ago because you weren't as directly confronted with the harsh realities they face. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. I, I just, it, it just, it baffles me. The whole thing baffles me. But, but I, I, you know, maybe part of it is that they don't want to admit that not everyone is equal because then they feel like they'd be responsible for take some act, taking some action to to change things, and they don't want to do that. But 
I don't know. Anyway, so we have the apology, unless you have more that you want to well, contribute. I'd, I'd say very quickly, well, very quickly, and then it's like three pages. <laughs> Are you familiar with Heather Cox Richardson? Don't laugh at her last her name. name. sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah, so she's a professor of history somewhere in the Midwest. Sorry, Professor Richardson, mm-hmm. that I don't remember. And she started posting things on Facebook during the Trump presidency. I almost yeah. said the Trump presidency. <laughs> That's not what it was at all, Theo. It was the Trump presidency. And as she was just kind of saying in these Facebook posts, hey, this happened 150 years ago under this president, and this is sort of how things turned out. And so she was using history as a mirror, right, Uh to help people understand that, like, this moment will not be forever, and there are possible outcomes that could be positive, not that Trump's doing anything good, but maybe, maybe he'll go away or maybe this law won't pass or whatever, right? And that eventually grew into something that an email newsletter that she sent out. It's called Letters from an American. And she is the highest paid journalist in private journalist in the United Mm -hmm. States. She's not really a journalist, but she is. Right. And so uh, her newsletter, as I understand it, generates five million dollars a year for her in donations. Right. So and she is smart as fuck. And her email newsletter is required reading in the Biden White House. And so this is from Dr. Heather Cox Richardson and her observations. I take no credit for the genius that I spotted and am sharing with everybody because I am also a genius. Mm -hmm. Okay. The same effort to make sure that ordinary Americans don't work together to restore basic fairness in the economy and rights in society is visible now in the attempt to attribute a recent Boeing airplane malfunction in which a door panel blew off mid-flight to diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Oh, my God. I will mispronounce this gentleman's first name, Senem Zechariah. At Popular Information yesterday chronicled how that accusation spread across the right-wing ecosystem and onto the Fox News channel, where Fox business host Sean Duffy warned, this is a dangerous business when you're focused on DEI and maybe less focused on engineering and safety. And now I will just jump in here and say, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. We're so concerned that people of color are building airplanes that we don't care if the airplanes fly or that we might die in them because, you know, that's That's just exactly what's going on. Dumb fucks. Sorry about that. Okay, continuing on with the very professional and sophisticated (laughs) Dr. Cox Richardson, who would never say dumb fucks. As Zacharia explains, this narrative has no basis in fact. Neither Boeing nor its supplier's Spirit Aerosystems is particularly diverse, either at the workforce level, where minorities make up 35% of Boeing employees and 26% of those at Spirit Aerosystems, or on the corporate ladder, where the overwhelming majority of executives are white men. Zechariah notes that right-wing media figures have also erroneously blamed last year's train derailment in Ohio and the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank on DEI initiatives. Weird. The real culprit at Boeing, Zechariah suggests, was the weakened regulations on Boeing and Spirit, thanks to more than $65 million in lobbying efforts. Yeah, deregulation probably had something to do with it. Perhaps an even more transparent attempt to keep ordinary Americans from working together is the attack's former Fox News Channel personality, Tucker Carlson, cough, cough, 
has launched against Vice President Kamala Harris, calling her, open quotes, a member of the new master race, close quotes. What? Who, open quote, must be shown maximum respect at all times, no matter what she says or does, close quote. Philip Bump, sorry, Philip, I hate your last name. It's stupid. You need to change it. Philip Bump of the Washington Post notes yesterday that this construction suggests that Harris, who identifies as both black and Indian, represents all non-white Americans as a united force opposed to white Americans. Driving the wedge of racism into a majority coalition seems to be a desperate attempt to stop ordinary Americans from taking control of their country back. In the second newsletter that, so there's one, she sends out six a day. No, she does not send out. She has a lot to say. She (laughs) sends out six newsletters a day. No, she sends out one newsletter a day, but on the seventh day she rests. So it's a photograph, but okay, fine. So, so in the following day, I thought this was equally as interesting and it does all point to what's happening in the right wing as does this story of Dr. Hill Golden, who I desperately want to call Golden Hill. Okay, so since 2023, right-wing organizations backed by Republican state attorneys general have argued that banks are discriminating against them on religious and political grounds. What? How? Let's find out. In March of 2023, J.P. Morgan Chase closed an account opened by the National Committee for Religious Freedom after the organization did not provide information the bank needed to comply with regulatory requirements. Hmm, okay, well, that feels reasonable. Immediately, Republican officials claimed religious discrimination and demanded the bank explain its position on issues important to the right wing. J.P. Morgan Chase denied discrimination, noting that it serves 50,000 accounts with religious affiliations and saying, We have never and would never exit a client relationship to their political or religious affiliation, which probably is good news for the Klan and neo-Nazis. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. (laughs) We share the same mind sometimes. Yeah. But the attacks on banks stuck among MAGA Republicans, especially as other financial platforms like PayPal, Venmo, and GoFundMe have declined to accept business from right-wing figures who spout hate speech thus cutting off their ability to raise money from their followers. Yay. Yay, right? But also it does now start to contribute to this narrative that they're building of we're being attacked for our religious and political viewpoints. And it's like, well, yeah, if they're shitty, these are, but whatever. Okay. They're illegal. Uh, Right. Exactly. Well, hi, I am also being denied ecstasy and heroin and cocaine, but you know, like, what can I do about it? So the attempt to create distrust of large financial institutions is part of a larger attempt to destabilize the institutions of democracy. Trump is the figurehead for that attempt, but it is larger than him and it will outlast him. So sad news for those of us who maybe have prayed from time to time for Trump to drop dead. It's going to continue without him. The news media is often called the fourth branch of government because it provides the transparency and oversight that holds leaders accountable But as soon as he began to campaign for office in 2015, Trump responded to the negative press about him by attacking the press, calling it the fake news media. In 2016, 70 percent of Republicans surveyed said they trusted national news media. By 2021, that number was 35 percent. Jesus. 
Once elected, Trump and MAGA Republicans started to undermine faith in the rule of law that underpins our democracy. Less than four months after he took office, Trump fired the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, James Comey, cough, cough, for investigations, sorry, for investigating the connections between his 2016 campaign and Russian operatives and his attacks on the FBI and the Department of Justice, under which the FBI operates, have been relentless ever since. Those attacks have now involved the entire judicial system, which Trump and his loyalists attack whenever judges or juries oppose him, while judges like Eileen Cannon, who appear to be protecting Trump from the federal criminal case against him for mishandling classified documents, have escaped his wrath. Trump and his supporters have also challenged the U.S. military, insisting that it is weak because it is woke. He has called its leaders some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. This is said by a man who has never looked in a mirror. But it's not just banking justice and military systems MAGA Republicans are undermining. They are sowing distrust of our educational systems, claiming that it is not educating students, but rather indoctrinating them to embrace left-wing ideology. Public education is central to democracy because, as Thomas Jefferson wrote, It enables a voter to understand his duties to his neighbors and country, to know his rights, and in general to observe with intelligence and faithfulness all the social relations under which he shall be placed. Now, the fact that Jefferson was speaking about white land-owning property, right? But the great thing about democracy is that the concept of it expands over time to include the disenfranchised. Anyway, we'll move on with Dr. Cox Richardson's final paragraph. Overall, of course, is the big lie that undermines the nation's electoral system by insisting the 2020 presidential vote was rigged against Trump. Although there has never been any evidence of such a thing, 30 percent of Americans think Biden won the presidency only through voter fraud. This This weakening of our institutions threatens the survival of democracy Tearing apart the fabric of democracy invites an authoritarian to convince his followers that democracy is weak and that only a strong man can govern. A hundred and twenty percent. That's what's going on here. That's why this is only present in the right wing media, because they are churning up their pace. Look at what the educational system is doing. It's saying you don't deserve the goodness in your life and you're a bad person. No, actually, if you read the email she sent, it doesn't say you're a bad person. It says you're privileged and you probably are even unaware that you're privileged. Ask a fish about water. Right. Now I'm depressed. No, I'm encouraged. And again, it gets back to I'm a better person than you are. No, it It gets back to if we know what's going on, we can stop it. As is clear, heavy handed, clumsy, stupid, fumbling attempts to twist things in such a way to that the right wing can be the victim and they can get what they want by saying, stop victimizing us. And. I'm depressed if they get what they want. And in this instance, they did. They got an apology, but she won't be fired. I hope not. And I hope you're right about if we know what's going on, we can do something about it. So from your mouth to God's ear. And she listens to me daily. Yeah, good. I switched the gender on purpose because I'm (laughs) controversial that way. So the apology. Yeah. This is the apology that Dr. Sharita Hill-Golden wrote and published to the Johns Hopkins Medicine Community. 
It says, Dear colleagues, yesterday I sent the January edition of a monthly diversity digest from the Johns Hopkins Medicine Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Health Equity. The newsletter included a definition of the word privilege, which upon reflection I deeply regret. The intent of the newsletter is to inform and support an inclusive community at Hopkins, but the language of this definition clearly did not meet that goal. In fact, because it was overly simplistic and poorly worded, it had the opposite effect of being exclusionary and hurtful to members of our community. I retract and disavow the definition I shared, and I am sorry. I will work to ensure that future messages better reflect our organizational values. So. I I feel really bad that she had to write that statement. I don't know who told her to write that statement. I don't want to judge her for making the statement because the pressures on her must be immense. But I wish she wasn't in a position where she had to retract such a simple and true statement as the initial one that she made uh, just to mollify the right wing. So my rating for this apology is a zero because it should never have had to have been made in the first place. I also agree with the zero. It should never have been made in the first place. So I am refusing on principle to rate it because an apology was not necessary nor warranted. And the only thing that could have made the, let me rephrase that. It's not the only thing. What, What might have helped would have been a statement that said, I, as Dr. Hill Golden, am an educated heterosexual who is privileged. Right. I am Christian. Yeah. I appear on this list twice. So fingers are pointing back at me. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. The end <laughs> is what the that should have said. Are pointing at you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, it's really yeah. Sad. But but let's say let's okay, so let's t- it's a zero. We're not going to like change that. But yeah. let's look at the apology with our criteria. Let's imagine right. that like we were that we were Nazis and that we were like, yeah, <laughs> you need to fucking apologize. So. Well, she was sincere, so she gets points for that. Yeah. She did say she was sorry, so she gets points for that. She did take accountability, so she gets points for that. What are the other criteria? Expression of regret. Yes. Oh, and then uh, an explanation that. for what went wrong. Also, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, do we have an explanation of what went wrong? Poorly worded definition. I could take as I could take as that. Let's see. And then she does say, "I will ensure that future messages better reflect our organizational values." So I have to give it a ten. I'm going to say it gets an eight from me. I'm going to take two points away because nothing's ever a (laughs) ten. I hate people like you. (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of ten, don't. All right, so it's a nine on average. Uh, if we, it's a really good apology that really did not apology. need to be issued. It should so. never have been stated. So I still think it's a zero. But but as an apology, it's a good apology. So we're sorry, Doctor Golden, that you're in this position. We support you 100, percent 120 percent even. And if you need anything, just give us a call. Right, and that goes for everybody in the world. If you ever need to release a <laughs> statement, yeah, just call us first. We're happy to vet it for you. We will tell you what you actually need to say. Exactly. So how about this week? Do we have a who's sorry now or an apology expected? I'm sorry. I have, what are these words that <laughs> you were saying? <laughs> uh, I know it's been a month. I, I've forgotten this part of the show. <laughs> Juliet, we've only ever had 170 of these and it's oh only God, been so three many. years. You can't expect well, me. I have one. Okay, good. 
All right. So Brittany Peach, I don't know if you've heard that name or not. She's now famous on TikTok. She was working in sales at the San Francisco company Cloudflare, and she has recently recorded a TikTok of herself being fired over Zoom. She was given no reason for the firing other than that she hadn't met the company's performance expectations in 2023. But she stopped the discussion before the HR team that called the meeting at the last minute could really get started to say that she had been hired at the end of August and had a three-month onboarding and training period just before the holiday season, and her manager had given her positive feedback the whole time. And the HR representatives just said that the firing was part of a, quote, collective calibration for Cloudflare. Oh, I can't say that. Collective calibration for Cloudflare, unquote. And they did not appear to be aware of her performance record, and they couldn't quote numbers to her regarding her performance or her, her stats or back up her firing with any data. Brittany also noted in the meeting that her manager and her director, who she was apparently like teamsing at the time, were not aware that she was being fired. And she asked why HR was doing the firing rather than her manager when she never even met those people from HR. They didn't have any answers for any of those things. Later on, the CEO of Cloudflare, whose name is Matthew Prince and who looks like he's named Matthew Prince, responded on Twitter saying that the firing was defendable, but the company's mistake was not being more kind and humane as they did it. Sadly, we don't hire perfectly, he wrote. We try to fire perfectly. (sighs) Thanks a lot. In this case, clearly we were far from perfect. The video is painful for me to watch. We're so sorry. Managers should always be involved. HR should be involved, but it shouldn't be outsourced to them. No employee should ever actually be surprised they weren't performing. And in another place where I couldn't find online, he so, sort of kind of threw her under the bus too, saying that like, you know, she she was being fired for for cause. But on the one hand, California can fire anybody for any reason or no reason. They, they don't need a reason to fire you. And a lot of other states are the same. But on the other hand, the reputation of the company is at stake when they choose to do it in this manner. And especially when somebody smart and not afraid of being sued records them and puts it on TikTok. I hope they don't sue her. Anyway, well, do, if they do, do, good luck to them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I, I don't really expect a better apology from Matthew Prince, but I would like one. So I'm demanding an apology from Matthew Prince for fucking up his, his company, fucking up the firings to this extent. And you're going to get that apology from him one way we'll or sure another. <laughs> I know it, so it I'm not sure that this is what happened, but this is what I suspect happened. Right. They yeah. overhired for the position. That's what she said. Yeah. Right. And then the and then it was just the Hunger Games. Yeah. The yeah. best is going to get that job yeah. in the end. We really can only employ one person, but we're going to hire five. And they just did that. Apparently, I don't know. They like hundreds of people. So it's either that or they just didn't want to say that, like, hey, we're having layoffs. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, all these people have not been performing, so we're just going to let them all go on the same day. What a coincidence. I don't know what the rule is around that, if that makes a difference, whether they call it layoffs or firing, but I don't know. But you could be right. You could absolutely be right. Well, I think layoffs, there's legal stuff that, like, you've got to not only do to lay people off, but maybe it's a taxing. I have no clue, right? Yeah. I, I don't know, but I do know it's one or the other, and it can only be one of those two options. It comes to me, Cloud Fairy. Cloud Fairy? Sure. <laughs> Cloud Fairy. Cloud Fairy. <laughs> so on that note, I think that's it for this week. Um, that's it for this week. I've got nothing. So I haven't done anything that I'm sorry for. I'm sure good. plenty of people have different thoughts about that, but I don't. And uh, That's what matters. I didn't look at the news, so I don't know who's out there that needs me. Sorry. <laughs> 
So we'll probably be back next week, but you never know. Um, so stay well, our travels are over. Our holidays are over. Next one's well, Valentine's Day, which is so stupid. If um, I go to Copenhagen, we'll probably have to skip a week. Mm, mm, mm. But we'll see about that. Right. It's not going to happen next week. Well, we'll... We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe your travels just—you've got to be home by Sunday. Okay. That's, that's fine. the rule. All right. Okay. <laughs> Problem solved. All right. Stay cool, cucumbers. Don't trip potato chips. Stop uh, listening to us now, but come back next week. See you next week. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>